This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with the theme of the episode, I guess. My favorite replacement player, Stephen Galindo. How you doing? What's going on, OT world? Um, we're we're finally at the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm feeling good. I think in three out of the four leagues I'm in, I think I have a pretty pretty clear shot <clears throat> that I made the playoffs already. I think one league I'm 100 percent in, but it's um it's getting down to that crunch time. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of to pick up. From our last episode coming into this episode, um, we were kind of on a cliffhanger of like, oh, were we going to pull off a big trade and how would that look and whatnot? And uh, we did pull off the big trade. And um, mm-hmm. obviously it was with good intention to better both of our teams. Um, but Brian and I, in our home league, we traded... Um, I traded Tank Dell and Keaton Mitchell for uh, Austin Eckler and George Pickens. So Brian sent over Eckler and Pickens, and then I sent over Tank Dell and uh, Keaton Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And you know, going into that trade, I was a little, I was a little worried that I let go a potential boom play. You know, for the next few weeks. Um, and Tank Dell, who was, I think, averaging over 20 fantasy points in the last three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, like, did I really make my team better? Like, Austin Eckler hasn't looked the same. He's been a shell of himself. And, um, Brian, I'll let you kind of take over here, kind of how you're, <laughs> <laughs> how it kind of went okay. down on Sunday. So before before Sunday... <laughs> To kind of give some context, like uh, Steven needed some running back help and I needed some wide receiver help. I did have two extra running backs. So the context of the trade was really like the thing that I think uh, was keeping us from pulling the trigger earlier was me. I was having a back and forth with you and it was basically me saying, if I do this trade, I only have two running backs left. So I need at least an emergency running back just because, you know, cause we are in a league with two running back spots. So we would need, I wouldn't need an emergency running back that I don't want it to be a complete dud because our waiver wire would be like, you know, you know, third string running backs at this Trey point. Sermon. Yeah. Right. Uh, so basically you're like, all right, then I'll take your worst wide receiver. Technically speaking, my worst wide receiver at the moment was George Pickens. So we pulled the deal off, right? We we both do it at work. We're in between meetings. We're we're trying to make this happen. Our trade deadline was at twelve, and then uh, on the back end, we I got Mitchell because you you were able to pull off a trade right before then to get Mitchell, and then you're like, would you pull? Would you do the trade if you can get Mitchell? And I was like, sure, I'll do the trade. We do my trade. Then I noticed you do a trade with another person, and then I trade with that person. I trade DeAndre Swift and I get back uh, Jerome Ford and Christian Kirk. I was like, I know Christian Kirk has a rough schedule moving forward, and it's extremely rough now. <laughs> but but uh, so to bring some some context into Sunday, you know, I'm like, you know what? I finally have my I finally have my wide receiver. I don't really miss Austin Eckler right now. And then Tank Dell just absolutely destroys his ankle. <laughs> His fibula, his fibula. His fibula. 
I didn't know that in the moment, <laughs> you know, but when the cart goes on the field, you know, it's bad. And so I was like, Oh no, like hopefully it's not that serious. I was even hoping that maybe the cart was just a precaution and he would come back out. But I, I knew the injury was really bad. So right then I'm like, I already lost the trade now. Hopefully, and I actually felt like I lost the week already, you know? So basically I traded because I don't even know at this point if Mitchell will be a playable player, you know, moving forward, you know, unless, you know, somebody has a Gus Edwards or something like that. So basically I felt like I gave you Austin Eckler and George Pickens for nothing at that point. Right. But for whatever reason, you know, the player and the, the team I was playing against this week, he had picked, you know, it's also by Mageddon, by the way. You know, half my team is on the bench, all purple jerseys. I had Vikings and Ravens players. The team, the team I'm playing against, they had Bills players, so he's he has to start Kenny Pickett. And I'm like, all right, Kenny Pickett gets hurt. I'm like, all right, maybe I have a chance, right? My team battles back. They go into Monday night up, I think, 12 points. And he has a linebacker and Joe Mixon. And I was like, I already knew Joe Mixon could have a good game. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's still going to be tough. But in the first quarter of that game, my newly acquired Christian Kirk got hurt as well. So basically, I, I traded DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, and George Pickens at the trade deadline. And now all I'm left with is Jerome Ford. I lost this week because Joe Mixon goes up. And the funny thing is I only lost it by like eight points. So if even if Christian Kirk got hurt, but if he got hurt maybe in the third quarter instead of the first quarter, there might have been a decent chance I'm still in it. You know, just just the difference of two quarters maybe. Same injury, maybe just later in the game, right? So now I'm going into my final week, a week that you've already clinched, Steven. I go into my final week with... I control my own destiny. I have all my Ravens and Vikings players back. But basically, I have the exact same team now. But instead of having three solid players, I now have Jerome Ford. That's basically it. That's the only difference I have now going into the final week. I control my own destiny. If I win, I'm in. You know, uh, every team below me is 5-8, and eight, so the best they could do is 6-8. and eight. So if I go 7-7, seven and seven, I'm in the playoffs. And I'm playing a team that's below me in the standings. I control my own destiny, so there's still a chance. But man, was it was it a depressing Monday evening? Because even with the Tank Dell injury, I was like, you know what? If I get this win, I could figure it out tomorrow. And I still have Christian Kirk, who's you know he's solid. He's not the best, but he's solid. Because I went through this entire season without a set in and forget a wide receiver, and I finally felt like I had two of them. And now I still have zero. <laughs> At the end of the trade deadline, but uh, it's forcing me to—it's forcing my hand. I'm going to now have to give some. I'm going to give Isaiah likely some some spin there and see what he does, and hopefully I could get into the playoffs. And then from there, you know, it's just luck. But uh, I am—I want to say I'm the most content person, and the thing that made me feel just a little bit better, just a little bit better. Is that Austin Eckler also shit the bed? <laughs> and he, he got sure he, did. And it proves my point. You know, don't draft twenty-eight-year-old running backs. There we go. That's the end of my point. All right. Uh, do you want to add or do you want to move on? I will add. I didn't 
I didn't uh, trade for Austin Eckler to have him blow up this past week. And I had to tell myself this because I traded a lot. I literally have a new team. Mm-hmm. I think other than two or three guys. So I told myself I didn't trade for these guys to win, you know, this past week or even this week. I traded them with the intention of hopefully that they get on point for the last, you know, for the fantasy playoffs mm-hmm. weeks 15, 16, and 17. So we're almost there. We'll see how things go. But man, does fantasy football take a lot out of you emotionally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my, my Sunday was extremely depressing. If I'm being 100% honest with you. Yeah, I didn't text. Usually, I'll send Brian little snippets or little funny things. And uh, after Tank Dell went down, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna send him anything because <laughs> I don't want it uh, to sound like, uh, you know, like I'm like, no, you could if you in the wound, you know, you could if you want, man. But yeah. <laughs> But when Christian Kirk went down, that's when I knew Brian Brian did something to disturb the fantasy gods. I've been there. I don't I'll, – I'll tell you this. I, I think some people think I'm a difficult person to trade with, and I'll, I'll admit that. I lowball everyone and stuff like that. But I, I, I will say this. I am a huge non-believer in making lateral trades. You know what I mean? Like, let's – I'm not a big believer in bringing back the same fantasy production that you already have. So the way I looked at it is Austin Eckler was disappointing. Tank Dell, like you said, has been consistently good and I'm missing a wide receiver and I still had, I still had two solid running backs at the moment. Right. So I was like, you know what? Getting Tank Dell might prove to be better than having Austin Eckler. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of that, I was like, maybe I was chasing something I didn't need to chase. Because, you know, George Pickens has looked slightly better since, you know, Matt Canada has been fired. It hasn't been a great improvement. It's not like he's throwing out like 35-point bangers out there, but it looks a little better. And, you know, and then I was like, you know, 3.7 points from Austin Eckler is better than having your player out for the rest of the year. So I was like... Maybe, uh, maybe I, I should, you know, my hesitations before the trade, maybe they were real, but I feel like I had to make a move to make my team better because I lost a lot of weeks depending on players like Austin Eckler and George Pickens and having them let me down. So I feel like I had to make a change and I don't regret the trade. I'm just, I just wish it turned out differently, (laughs) but, uh. Speaking of that, I guess we can move on to injuries if you like. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there were so many of them this past weekend. It was like every single game you watched, there was somebody getting hurt. And not at the best time, obviously, with the fantasy playoffs, you know, coming up. Um, I guess we'll just start off with the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, Marquise Brown, Mm -hmm. who uh, went out of the game with a heel injury. I think he already had this heel injury leading up to the game and he was kind of monitoring it during practice. Uh, But I guess it was too much for him to overcome. And uh, we haven't seen much of him since Kyler Murray came back. You know, I think we were all expecting him to kind of reemerge as the same Hollywood Brown that he was last year before Kyler Murray went down with the um, ACL tear. And uh, I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen, um, 
anything crazy from him since Kyler Murray's return. And who knows if it's because of this heel injury, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a reliable option going into fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Like even when he comes back, you're not quite sure what this Arizona offense is exactly yet. Right. So it seems like, it's one of those things where, like, we were pretty high on the Arizona offense last year. And I know they had DeAndre Hopkins, but basically they had a rough first half of the season, but then they got Murray back. They have James Conner back. And it just seems like the offense at times looks really good, and then at times it's just not clicking. And same thing here. It's like, all right, then he comes back from injury. Do you feel confident starting? Like, unless you're, like, your wide receiver core is – depleted and you limped into the playoffs then maybe you give him a shot right because the upside's there the ceiling's there we've seen it before he's one of the most uh, electric wide receivers in the game it's just I, I i wouldn't have a lot of faith in him you know i'd rather have I, I yeah it's tough yeah i'm not seeing him as a reliable option going into the fantasy playoffs uh, this next one kind of hit me personally because i traded you know this is a guy i got in a trade um, wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns, Amari Cooper. I think he went down in the first quarter with a concussion or a head injury. Mm-hmm. And um, he was actually starting off pretty hot. Uh, first first play, first or second play of the, the um, offensive drive for the Cleveland Browns, Joe Flacco looks Amari's way and hits him for like a 30-yard you know, pass. And um, I was excited because I was like, yeah, it's going to be one of those days. And then you know he got injured and then it kind of just went downhill from there. So um, he's out with the con- or he's in the concussion protocol. Um, most likely won't play this week, but uh, keep an eye on him if he if he is available and you're fighting for a playoff spot. Do you feel comfortable with starting him this week, Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, yeah. This week they go up against the. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who kind of got torched by yeah. Brown, uh, is it Jake Browning mm-hmm. and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase? Yeah. So, do you feel comfortable um, starting Amari Cooper against Jacksonville with no Trevor Lawrence and uh, Joe Flacco under center? It depends the setup of your league. Like, if your league has a running back, wide receiver spot, or a flex spot, but an extra one, I would say. I wouldn't mind putting him in your extra flex spot, but maybe you have better wide receiver options. You know, I, I, I'm confident if, if he's good to go, you know, I'm not, I don't want to discredit concussions. <laughs> I, I felt like I was about to do that, but like, it's not a physical injury somewhere on his body, right? You know, so I know he's been having some lingering stuff this year too, but. Uh, if he's if he's good to go, his head's in good shape. I, I I do feel pretty comfortable, you know, starting him. And it seems like they have a veteran QB back there. Like he, I want to say, Joe Flacco's ever been uh, fantasy relevant himself. You know, he's not he's not necessarily a gunslinger, but he he seems to you know he let's put it this way, he seems like he should have been the quarterback for the Jets. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's one of those situations where like I I, I would feel comfortable. Would you? Yeah, I would feel comfortable if I have no better option. Um, I mean, he has high upside, you know, um, especially like 
if I had to choose between him and George Pickens, I'd probably take Amari Cooper or um, I'm trying to think of another wide receiver. What about uh, Cortland Sutton or Amari Cooper? I would probably go Cortland Sutton. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers? I'd go Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, okay. What about Rasheed Rice or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. Okay, so yeah, I mean, like, it's a pretty tough decision. So um, if you're in a position where you need to win, mm-hmm. um, I think he does have a, a high a high ceiling with Joe Flacco under center. If uh, DTR comes back and he starts for the Cleveland Browns, I probably would take all those guys over Amari Cooper. I would too. Actually, I'm I'm – I'm mentally going into the week thinking Joe Flacco would be the quarterback. And the the Browns look pretty pretty decent, I feel like at times, you know. There was moments where the Rams defense looked overwhelming, but uh, and I know he threw some picks, right? But I don't know if it's just, you know, the fact that I grew up watching Joe Flacco compared to like DTR and you know the small sample size there. I just feel like if you want Amari Cooper to be successful, it would be Joe Flacco, but that's just me. Yeah, I I agree. <laughs> Moving on to the next injury, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Christian Watson. Again, this is kind of a little personal for me because I did give up Christian Watson in a trade. And, um, you know, I, I figured he wouldn't put up better numbers than he did against Detroit, but... Sure enough, he goes out there and outdoes himself and has the best game of his uh, of his you know season this year. And then I think in the fourth quarter he goes down with a hamstring injury. So uh, we don't know the severity of the hamstring injury. He didn't return after that injury. Um, he was seen on the sideline walking around, so it doesn't seem like it was too crazy. But he has dealt with hamstring injuries at the beginning of the season, which held him out for a few games. So. Um, there is a possibility that he does miss a few games. It does seem like that. Was it a hamstring earlier in the season that he was dealing with too? Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, I think he missed a few games due to that hamstring injury. So it just seems, and it seems like they're going to be a little, I don't know they're, they're trying to be in a playoff race kind of, you know? So I, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do rush this one back a little bit, but I don't expect him to play this week. But that's just, you know, I'm not a doctor. Maybe maybe he is fine. Like you said, you saw him walking around. Yeah, so we'll have to monitor that. Um, obviously, Tank Dell, wide receiver of the Houston Texans, went down with the uh, fractured fibula. So did my fantasy football team at the exact same <laughs> moment, dude. My, my fantasy football team, you, you saw it in our league chat, you know, got carted off the field <laughs> like at the exact same moment. Um. Derek Carr of the uh, New Orleans Saints quarterback. He was um, taken out of the game with a concussion, a shoulder, and a back injury. All on one play, he just got leveled, Mm -hmm. and um, that was it for him. So um, he might not be starting this week because he might be in concussion protocol still. So uh, what are your thoughts on Jameis Winston if you're, let's say you had Trevor Lawrence or, you know, you had Derek Carr, 
um, as your quarterback and, uh, you know, you need a replacement. Do you feel comfortable starting Jameis Winston? I believe they are going up against the Carolina Panthers this week. Um, do you, do you feel comfortable starting Jameis Winston? Let's just leave it at that. <clears throat> no, but, but, in most leagues, I feel like a lot of teams sometimes carry two QBs. He's probably on paper one of the best options in your waiver wire. I would say maybe I don't know. Let me ask you this: Would you, if you need, if you're desperate for a quarterback this week, right? I think the Cardinals have a bye week, or I think the Commanders do too, without looking at it. Uh, so you. You know, some people are rocking Sam Howell, you know, and some people are rocking Kyler Murray, so you, they might need a quarterback. Uh, would you rather pick up Jake Browning or would you rather pick up Jameis Winston? I got to be honest with you. I think I would take Jake Browning against the Colts mm-hmm. before Jameis Winston against Carolina. Carolina gives up about 13 points to quarterbacks a game. So, I mean, they their offense is terrible, mm-hmm. which – by the way, you know, side note, their offense has looked a little bit better over the last couple games, but mm-hmm. their defense is, you know, actually pretty good. So this is a divisional matchup. I think, oh, well, I think they're eliminated now since they didn't win that last game. They're technically eliminated from playoff contention, but still, I'm sure they're going to go in there. Obviously, they want to win because they're only like the one in, you know, mm-hmm. 13 or whatever, one in 12. So, it's- um, yeah. I would definitely take Jake Browning though over the way that he played on Monday night mm-hmm. was very surprising, and I think gives me confidence that if like I'm really really quarterback needy and I'm in a must win now mode, like this is it right here, I got to win to get in. I think Jake Browning would be my uh, my top pick. He got like ten points the week before, which is pretty impressive for. A quarterback that I would say a lot of people have never heard of, unless you're a Bengals fan. Like I've, I've watched my fair share of Pac-12 football, and I've seen him do pretty well, you know. But I, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting what we saw the other night. And so, yeah, I think I'd take Jake Browning too. But I would say James Winston after Jake would probably be the next person on the list that I would consider because, like, James Winston has a history of, you know throwing three interceptions but three touchdowns in the same game you know like i know maybe i'm thinking of tampa bay james winston but um apparently the saints organization believes in the guy for keeping him along you know to be a backup quarterback and stuff like that for moments like this and he has a lot of weapons around him that could possibly make him look better and i if you know carolina does look better I, I I probably sound like a broken record when I bring this up a lot, but you know, time and possession is a very important thing in fantasy and Jameis Winston might not be the most efficient quarterback, but he'll you know, if he's given enough opportunities, he you know, he can maybe make what would be a regular two hundred yard passing game into a two hundred and seventy five yard passing game and those little those extra points might mean something. And as long as he protects the ball, which he has a history of not doing so he he might be a a reasonable uh, quarterback that you pick up in the waiver wire. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, he's a gunslinger, and like you said, you're going to get three or four touchdowns, mm-hmm. but you're also going to get two or three interceptions. So, um, 
tread with caution when it comes to, you know, famous Jameis. When you eat those W's, you know. <laughs> um, a big, another big notable injury here. New England Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson uh, was tackled, I think, sometime late first quarter. Went down with a ankle injury. It appears to be a high ankle sprain. So it looks like he's going to miss a couple weeks. Um, does this make Zeke a must start while Ramondre Stevenson is out? If he's guaranteed not to play and it looks like he's not, I would say, yeah, Zeke's a must start. He, what, I don't know what the the expectations are for this New England offense. Because I'll say, what if he stumbles in the end zone? But uh, I think I, I recently saw a stat like New England's 0-4 for the first time in NFL history after giving up less than 10 points a game or something like that. Something on that margin. I, I, I might be having my stats wrong or something, but apparently their defense is the best, one of the best in history to go 0-4. And that's how well their defense is playing, but the offense just has not been able to get in the end zone or something like that. So... I wouldn't say that, yeah, maybe Zeke will stumble in the end zone because he might not. But I think in a a league where you probably do have Stevenson or a league where you're looking for a flex spot or something like that, or let's just say you have a lot of Cardinals or Commanders players, I would certainly start Zeke. I might start Zeke in general, (laughs) you know, but it's less about Zeke. It's more about this New England offense, you know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he's like a, a strong running back to play, flex play. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving moving along here, Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback um, went no. down with an ankle injury. No, we can, we can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I, you know, it's funny that you say that because in my head I was thinking, ah, we just need to just throw it out there that he got hurt. but. What about the fantasy value of George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and obviously, you know, the running backs, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris? Does this bring them down significantly enough where you would question not starting them? I feel like their values, for the most part, were already slightly down. Now they're just laterally down. Yeah, you know, I don't think Mitchell's going to be that much better or even worse than Pickett. And to be honest, sometimes just having a different quarterback might change things up and maybe change the play calling to favor some of these players. Like if if I if I let's just say because right now you have George Pickens and if I had George Pickens, this is how I would feel. It, I would look at it as like it, it seems like it hasn't been working with Pickett, so maybe it can work with Mitchell. You know, and if you have you know, if if you have a 50-50 decision and you want to go with someone else, go with someone else. But maybe it could work with Mitchell where it didn't work with Pickett. You know, so I think it would be one of those, like, if you have the luxury of, you know, you already maybe have your seed decided in your playoff situation. You already made the playoffs. If you didn't make the playoffs, then maybe it's more of a 50-50 decision. You're going to have to make a call on that. But uh, I would maybe give him a flex spot this year. I mean, this week. Interesting. Yeah. No, um, as somebody who has, you know, George Pickens, I'm kind of on the fence of starting him. But at this point, I don't know what other options I have. <laughs> right. You like, know, so we can't make any more trades. The 
the waiver wire is kind of slim. Yeah, and, you even, know, and even if you were to pick someone on the waiver wire, would you start him over Pickens? Because Pickens is the type of person who could, you know, have you know two targets the entire game, but he takes one of those targets to the house. You know, <laughs> so it's just one of those. Like, to me, he's like a poor man's uh, Gabe Davis. Yeah, I get that. You're gonna get a couple games throughout the year where he blows up. You know, maybe two or three. You don't know when they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. But they're going to happen, and then you know you're going to get a bunch of duds, and then a handful of like serviceable outings. So, yeah. I have to say something real quick since I said a poor man's uh, Gabriel Davis, and and this is something that I have to um, retracting something I said in the off season regarding the um, consistency of Mike Evans. Okay, I have to say Mike Evans. I apologize for saying that um, you weren't worth picking up, you know, in the preseason that you were somebody I'd pass on because of the inconsistency, because this season you've been, I don't know if it's Baker Mayfield or what it is, but you've been very solid and consistent. And I have to just shout that out because I was wrong about not drafting Mike Evans. So if you picked him up, good for you. You know, you traded for him. Good for you. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, he finishes the season strong. This is his tenth season with a thousand or more uh, receiving yards, so that's a big accomplishment in itself. Um, but yeah, I just had to get that out there because it, it came across my mind. You know what? You're right. I was down on him too. We both thought he was inconsistent, and I think it's because we thought he was inconsistent when he had one of the best quarterbacks of all time, you know, now, and then we thought, Oh, he's really going to be consistent with Baker, but I don't know. This just might be a really bad football take. And maybe it sounds going to take my football card away from saying this, but like maybe with Tom Brady, it was just like, it was the Tom Brady show. It was just a Tom Brady, you know, formula of offense and stuff like that, you know, and I'm beginning to sound like an idiot, but maybe with Baker, it's just like, we're going to try to like have Mike Evans and our weapons win the game. Whereas like before it was like, we're going to try to have Tom Brady win us the game. And I think it's, so it's like, it's just Baker Mayfield's job. Just, you know, find Mike Evans, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that might be the difference this year. Yeah. And he's done a very good job of doing that. So yeah. he could be a league winner. Absolutely. Um, moving along here, last couple, um, Last couple injuries here. Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson, I think, left in the third quarter with a hamstring injury. He didn't return. So, I mean, hamstring injuries are tricky. They are just hard to determine length of absence um, Mm -hmm. unless you know the severity and things like that. And uh, there's a possibility Brian Robinson can miss time after the bye week this week. So let's say you're going into week uh, 15. And Brian Robinson is going to miss, and Antonio Gibson is the next man up. Do you feel comfortable starting Antonio Gibson coming off the bye against the Los Angeles Rams in Week 15? I'm going to say this, and I don't know why. I feel like I've been very soft with my picks earlier, you know, talking about Zeke and other players, but I don't know why, but I am confident that Antonio Gibson would have a really good game. I feel like what's holding him back is, you know, 
the touch share, you know, Brian Robinson's having a great year, but you, you take that out of the picture. I think Antonio Gibson could have a very successful game. Like I, I'm thinking he get you about 15 points. Would it be easy? No, the Rams defense chooses when it wants to show up or not, <laughs> but it's, I, I think, I think Antonio Gibson could actually have a really good, really good game. Yeah, I mean, um, he ended the day uh, with 10 rushes for 35 yards and then four receptions for 37 yards. But here's my thing. I think in that game, Washington just gave up. Mm-hmm. There was a certain point in the game where like Tyreek scored his second touchdown and you just saw the commander's defense just like that was it. Their day was done. They were just – they were mm-hmm. over it. They were done. They were like, let's just – Let's just finish this, get out of here, into the bye week. But I agree with you. If Brian Robinson is out in week 15, I would feel comfortable starting um, Antonio Gibson against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, The Rams are a little bit tougher against the run, but I think that Washington is so dynamic Mm -hmm. as far as like what they do on offense that you know, he's going to get a majority of the rushing work. He's going to get a majority of the passing work. You know, I do see the rookie, uh, I think, is it Christian Rodriguez? I'm not sure what his first name is. Yeah, it's Christian. But <clears throat> or Chris. He's, he's going to get some, <clears throat> some you know, leeway. Excuse me. And so I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable starting Antonio Gibson against the Rams. There you go. You got through it. <laughs> I'm glad you got through it, man. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% there. And I actually don't. I actually think Tony Gibson's being able, being able to catch the ball and stuff like that. I actually do think that's going to allow for Sam Howell to have a really good game. I I do think like they're going to be a little bit more pass happy against the Rams. I think the Rams offense has been looking a little better too now that everyone's healthy again. So I do think the Commanders will fall behind a little bit. You know, not significantly. It's not like the Rams blowing any teams out, but I I do think like Sam Howell is going to have himself another solid you know twenty plus performance actually, and I think Antonio Gibson's going to find himself in the end zone at some point and he's going to have probably I don't know maybe five to eight catches and probably rush for about 50 yards or so you know I think that he'll have a solid game double digits for sure yeah I agree with you um I think it'll be a higher scoring game than we think and we got to remember you know two years ago Antonio Gibson was like Pretty solid fantasy running back. Second round pick in some leagues, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the talent's there. Obviously, the following year after that, you know, breakout year, they drafted Brian Robinson. So <clears throat> I think it was more so new coaches, you know, new new staff. But I think, you know, he's got the talent. He's got the opportunity. He can definitely be a sneaky play come playoffs. And then just for perspective, they play the Rams, then they play the Jets, and then they play San Francisco. So the Jets obviously haven't been the strongest against the run. And, um, you know, 
the Rams are kind of middle of the pack. So I think the only, you know, question mark here is San Francisco. And, um, yeah, I mean, depending on where you're at and, and the standings or what you need to win, you might mm-hmm. be a pretty solid option if you have them. I'm also thinking by the time you get to San Francisco, like let's just say you play Antonio Gibson against the Rams, you play uh, Antonio Gibson against the Jets, and if it goes well, like if he's got double-digit performance both games, I say you start him against San Francisco. You know, I wouldn't get too cute at that point. Yeah, no, you, I agree. If you're struggling against those two teams, then yeah, when you get to San Francisco, then you – then and you're still in the playoffs, you're playing for something, then I think at that point you're like, all right, I kind of I kind of saw how it's going to go. The 49ers defense is not going to allow him to, you know, have a good game either. I, I think, like, that makes your decision for you. So I'm not, I'm not in the, I guess we're in the advice-giving business. I would say, you know, I would start him and then let, let the, let his performance dictate if you're going to continue starting him in the playoffs. Uh, unless Brian Robson comes back <laughs> and then, uh, Brian Robson might be, uh, you know, set in, forget it, running back against the 49ers, even, you know, even if the matchup's not that great. Yeah, I agree. Definitely though, if Brian Robinson misses week 15, I, he, I think he's a lineup lock. He's he's a must start. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you know, there was two significant injuries in the Monday night game. You had Christian Kirk go down with a groin injury in the first quarter. And then you had Trevor Lawrence go down, I believe, in the fourth quarter with a high ankle sprain. Um, did you see the memes on that, by the way? Yeah. That, like, Trevor Lawrence, like, why is Trevor Lawrence walking to the locker room? <laughs> right. I don't know if, like, that was his call or what. or But they couldn't get a card out there. Like, I saw a meme or something that said, like, there's, like, thousands of golf carts in the state of florida and they couldn't find him one (laughs) that is exactly the meme i was just gonna say right now that meme was hilarious (sighs) but uh obviously you know christian kirk is a big loss how do you feel about zay jones if you had zay jones do you feel comfortable starting him um especially knowing that trevor lawrence is probably going to miss the next couple weeks if trevor lawrence plays i think zay jones is a good replacement player uh, if not, if I, I don't think I would start any of these questionable Jaguar players, you know, like the you, Jags, yeah. the Jags remaining schedule this week, they play Cleveland at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Then they play Baltimore at home. Mm-hmm. Then they travel to Tampa Bay and play Tampa Bay. And then they end the season against or not end the season, but the the uh, fantasy championship game would be um, against the Carolina Panthers. So um, those are some pretty tough matchups, I think, in general. Even if they had Trevor Lawrence, you would sometimes you look at some of these players and go, I don't know if I should start him. You know, against those defenses. Yeah, the only one I feel comfortable is against Tampa Bay because mm-hmm. it seems that they're always in shootouts. Yeah. But Cleveland, Baltimore, Carolina, they're all really strong defenses. Um, Carolina especially is underrated, I think. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really hard for me to trust Zay Jones without Trevor Lawrence. I agree. So I would say... Yeah, I'm not I'm not starting anybody, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Like, even Calvin Ridley is a question mark for me. Without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And you you still have Calvin Ridley, right? 
I or, traded Calvin he, Ridley. He tra- yeah. He's part of that big like five on five trade or whatever you did. <laughs> no, he actually went for the Keaton Mitchell trade. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah. No, I guess you don't yeah. have to worry about that. I have him in one of my dynasty it's, leagues, and but I'm probably still crazy. gonna I'm not gonna get too cute. I'm probably gonna still start him. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. You know, it depends where it depends where you're at. And then, like, what your other, you know, what the rest of your lineup looks like. Uh, like he I, is a, he's, yeah. he's a high, you know, he's a high risk, high reward mm-hmm. play. But unfortunately, I think because of Trevor Lawrence's injury, it really, it really puts a question mark on his startability. No, I, 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 hundred percent agree. So, do you want to move on to some replacement players? I know. Hey, we we spent that whole time talking about injuries because that's how crazy it was this past week. Um, obviously, you know, we we don't have any crazy news for this last week of the season. You know, the regular you know, fantasy season. Um, you're either in the playoffs, you're not in the playoffs, or you're fighting for a spot. Um, I guess my you know quick advice: if you're fighting for a spot and you need to win to get in. I am picking players with the highest upside. I respect that. I am picking players. I am not picking players who have a safe floor. I'm picking players who can blow up for 20-plus points, have good matchups. Um, you can't play it safe if you need to win. You got to you know, you gotta do what you got to do to get in the playoffs. Because like you said, Brian, I just got to get through this week, and I'll think about it tomorrow, right? Yeah. So you, you got to win. And then you can worry about it tomorrow. So, um, you know, before we get into these, you know, four potential replacement players for injuries, you know, um, my advice to you out there is to don't be afraid to play the high stakes. All right. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. (laughs) Okay. So, so you want to start off with a replacement player? I'm going to start off with a replacement player. <laughs> and this goes against everything we just talked about. This goes against everything we just talked about right now. Because my replacement player would be Parker Washington <laughs> on for Jacksonville. I I do feel if you are struggling to find replacement receivers and Zay Jones has already been picked up by someone else, I I would look at Parker Washington, and if you, like I said, you're struggling to find replacement players, Parker Washington could maybe replace uh, uh, Christian Kirk on your roster. Uh, I might be full of it, because I'll be honest with you, I see him on my waiver wire now, and I'm probably not going to put a waiver bid for him. (laughs) But if he's still there after the waivers go through, I might add him, because... Although he may not help me this week, if Trevor Lawrence were to play or come back, then he has a little bit of value. So I would pick I would pick up Parker Washington as a replacement player. Would I start him this week? I wouldn't start. I wouldn't necessarily start him, but I do think uh, he's a decent replacement player for the people who lost Christian Kirk. Who, who do you have in mind, Stephen? Yeah, no, I um. I agree. That's a good pick. Um, so for me, my uh, first replacement player is from the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Christian Watson goes down. Um, 
who knows if he's going to play, who knows if Aaron Jones is going to play. They're kind of, you know, they're the youngest team in the NFL. But I would say Tyler Croft, Kraft, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Croft, Laura Croft, Tyler Croft. Um, Tyler Kraft, the tight end, I think is a sneaky play. The uh, the Packers' remaining schedule, I think, is the easiest schedule. They play New York, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and then Minnesota. So nothing too crazy. Um, but obviously, they got to pass the ball to somebody. And I think they'll get him a little more involved. He seemed to be pretty involved in the beginning of the game on Sunday night. Um, and then they kind of just took control of the game. So, like, they didn't necessarily have to pass too much. But I think, you know, he is a sneaky play. And with tight end position being so thin, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's like I said, for the 10th time, a sneaky play. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my next replacement player, I'm sticking with, you know, the injuries that hurt me the hardest this week. <laughs> and I'm assuming people already have Nico Collins, you know. Uh, I'm assuming even though he's been hurt, I'm, I'm assuming people have Dalton Schultz, you know. So I'm I'm digging deep into that Houston uh, roster, and he has not had an impressive year. But when rookies go down, sometimes you look for veterans to help. And I'm going with Robert Woods on the Houston Texans as a decent replacement player moving forward. Obviously, Nico Collins' stock is high. Devin Singletary's stock would be high. But they are going to need another pass catcher. And I do think a veteran like Robert Woods, who still has a little bit left in the tank, could maybe push the Texans to their playoff berth that they want and help this team succeed. And you may not get tank Dell numbers but you may get a few weeks where you're getting about you might get a few weeks where you're getting about maybe 10 to 12 15 points from rubber woods you know maybe catches something in the end zone maybe gets an impressive 25 a couple 25 yard catches stuff like that uh he hasn't shown it yet this year but you know the houston texans have been pretty good but now they have their first significant injury Uh, yeah i'm not counting damon pierce's injury (laughs) they have their first significant injury and i'm gonna say Robert Woods is the replacement player that comes to mind before the playoffs. They have a couple of tough matchups, but I I'm now getting to the point where I trust the Texans' offense more than I trust than I than I'm being matchup dependent with this team anymore. You know, like I think a lot of players on this team are not matchup dependent. So, yeah, I think that's a great pick. Um, obviously, you said they have a tough schedule coming up, but two of the three. Playoff games, the Titans, you know, fantasy playoff are the Titans, and Robert Woods did play for the Titans. It could be, you know, that revenge game script. And I believe that the Texans are one of the higher scoring teams in the NFL, so I think that is a great, you know, a great sneaky play. Um, I'm going to stick with you on the wide receiver end. Obviously, Amari Cooper is kind of uh, up and down. Uh, but for me, I think my you know my replacement player who hasn't been very exciting this year, even though you know there was a lot of hype in the off season, is uh, Elijah Moore, wide go. receiver of the Browns. Especially if Joe Flacco 
is the quarterback or is quarterbacking the offense. Um, Joe Flacco had a connection with Elijah Moore in New York when they were on the Jets. You know, he had that amazing season with Joe Flacco as the quarterback. And I think they're going to find that spark. Um, They don't have a crazy schedule. Like we mentioned, they're going to play Jacksonville. But their schedule, you know, their remaining schedule is Jacksonville, Chicago, Houston, and then the Jets. And, you know, out of all those games, the Jets is the only one that you're worried about. But Flacco and Elijah Moore might just have that revenge game against the Jets. Yeah, they might. So I think, you know, he's a good stash on your bench. Um, Obviously, if Amari Cooper doesn't play, that just, you know, stock rising for him. Um, obviously I think it's more dependent on if Joe Flacco is the quarterback, but, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Moore, someone to pick up off waivers. I like that. I like that a lot. And yeah, he's, he's, he's some, some people have already stashed him on their benches, but in some leagues he's just chilling on top of the waiver wire every week. And he, it's funny cause he's like one of those players that has a pretty decent, like projected score every week, but just doesn't live up to it. And so people don't trust to keep him on the roster and he still might be available. Yeah. And especially if you have some fab, you know, uh, if you're, if you're the gift of fab and you still have some money left over, uh, spend a dollar on them. Yeah. Or two or three. Mm-hmm. If you have more than 20% of your fab left at this point in the season, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I would say so. But you know, that's a conversation for us in the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get into season two of, the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, that's all we got for you today. There were so many injuries, uh, so many different. <laughs> Brian's over here putting uh, I, special little I, I, filters I on my screen. I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> I didn't even do anything right now. <laughs> but, you know, so many injuries this week. Um, again, before we sign off here, I want to say. Play the upside, play the ceiling, mm-hmm. shoot for the stars. Hopefully you land on a cloud, and hopefully you make the fantasy playoffs. Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on X? You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball. You know, have a conversation with us, find our podcast on there. You could also find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Spotify. Apple, Google, wherever you listen to this podcast currently, you know, it's a decent podcast that usually could get through a pretty decent commute to work, you know, like subscribe, you know, follow our podcast. And this is the end of the first regular season of the OT fantasy football podcast. And we appreciate everyone sticking with us, you know, follow us through the fantasy football playoffs. And then you know, maybe we'll have some fun stuff at the end of the season. But, yeah, we appreciate everyone. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey. And, you know, before I send us out here, I want to wish a good luck to everybody fighting for that last playoff spot. Whether you lost half your team at the beginning of the season and you were fighting and crawling and, and scratching to continue to win, or maybe you've been lucky enough to avoid major injuries and kind of had it easy either way once the fantasy playoffs come it's a new season it's three wins away from a championship good luck set your lineups Mm -hmm. do what you got to do we're not fortune tellers but we're fortunate enough to bring you fantasy football we'll see you guys next time